Glory to God. How's everybody today? Look at all those children. Come on. Glory to God. Thank God for all the people we have that have dedicated their time and effort to minister life to those children. Amen. They're not back there babysitting them. I don't know if you've noticed your children from back there, they begin to know the word. Amen. And have the word memorized and they know who they are. They're beginning to know who they are. And I tell you what, when a child know, begins to know who they are, man, it'll stay with them all their life. Glory to God. When you, when you put that in them, the Bible says when, when you train them young and you get it in them young, it won't depart from them. Amen. Glory to God. It'll help them make quality decisions along the way. Amen. We're so grateful for his word. Amen. Glory to Jesus. How many just receive that healing in your body today? Glory to God are the ones you stood in for. I just, I saw it so clearly. I declare today that your bodies are well. They're well. They are well. You be on the receiving end of it. This is our best year yet. Greatest year for manifestations in every way in the name of Jesus. The things that my wife just said in the financial realm, God wants to be a part of your financial life. He wants to be a part of that. And we allow him in as tithers and we allow him in as we let him be our uh, financial advisor. Amen? The word when you, when you hear things from the Word, it's not from me or from my wife or somebody that's up here sharing or whatever. They're sharing something from the Word, so that's from God, and He becomes your financial advisor when you hear things as you do what He tells you to do, right? He wants to be involved in it. I don't know about you, but, you know, heaven's got streets of gold. It has whole doors out of, made out of one pearl. It doesn't say pearls, it says pearl. You know, so, so can you imagine the, the, the clam that came out of, the shell that thing came out of? I mean, I mean that, that's, that's a massive shell. That, that, that one pearl, that massive doors are, I, I want that, I want him who has those kind of things going on in heaven, I want him involved in what I'm doing, right? So I want to be doing what he's telling me to do. Your greatest year yet and, and ever in your life if you're on the receiving end of what he's telling you to do, and then you're doing it. Mm, 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 mm. Amen? Glory to God. So, we have a new series starting today. Um, all, all week I just, just was thinking and, and meditating on and thanking God for the manifestations of the visions. I like what my wife said about how your vision, a vision, the cause of Christ will always be the same. It's always been the same. But vision evolves. I'm going to say it again. Vision evolves. The cause will always be the same. The cause of Christ is what we're here for, for Him. It's all about Him. But your and my personal visions and the vision of the house will always evolve and become stronger and better. So just remember that. You may have written things down last Sunday. You may not have brought any vision with you. But the vision will evolve and you be writing that down and thanking God for it every day. I'm thanking God 
for the visions that we prayed for and we laid hands, they're coming to pass. Those things are coming to pass. You have them written down, you'll be able to mark them off. Done. Happened. Came to pass. We want to see those things happen this year like never before. Our best year yet. Glory to God. Well, this morning, for the next little bit, we're going to, I mentioned to you, um, I didn't know that I actually, when, when, I, when I bring a series, um, it's something that I've prepared beforehand for a while because I want revelation coming to me. I don't want to just study the Word and, and, and then just give you something like off the top of my head. I mean, I, I may have a head full of knowledge, which I do, but that's not what you need to hear. You need to hear what God says. And I told you um, in the last couple of weeks, sometime one of the last two Sundays, I mentioned to you that there's going to be a series coming on spirit, soul, and body. And this week I was, I was really tossed about what I was going to start this month. And I'm not satisfied with what we talked about regarding your conscience. And so... Um, in the last couple of days, God's just kind of pieced some things together for me, and my new series is on spirit, soul, and body. But the title of this message is Unhindered. Gosh, what a God title. Huh? Unhindered. When you know who you are truly, nothing can hinder your life. Because when you know who you are in Him, and He's already won the battle, then everything you face, you win. Unhindered. We're talking today on, for the next few Sundays, on, on truly understanding spirit, soul, and body. Um, there's some things that I'm going to teach today and in the next few Sundays that I've never taught before on spirit, soul, and body because, you know, the, the, the revelation evolves. Revelation you have today from the Word is one thing, but that revelation continually evolves in your life. It should be that way. It should get bigger and stronger in you. And so, um, there's some things foundationally here that I believe are vital for every person's life. And you may have been saved for many, many, many years, and this will benefit your life. You may have been saved for a very short period of time. You may not even be saved or born again today. This will benefit your life. Because I've found in my Christian walk, okay, in the places that I've gone, people that I know, um, I won't even say give titles or what people, what, type of people I'm even talking about, but mostly, um, mostly what has shocked me through the years is how many Christians don't understand spirit, soul, and body, and, and, and the Bible is so clear about it, it's so clear, and, and, and there's an understanding that you and I have to have so that we can know how to not just hear God, but then we can know actually how God would walk something out. I want to know the way he would walk it out. How would God handle a situation like that, that I might be faced with? 
How would God walk through that? When Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan by John, and he came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord came on him and filled him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. My gosh. A voice spoke that from heaven. Man, you think, man, I mean, the days ahead are going to be awesome with no trials, no tests, no nothing. I mean, it's going to be easy street from here on out. Daddy's happy. He likes the last 30 years of my life. I did what I was supposed to do. I trained myself, and now I'm ready for easy street. And he leaves the River Jordan, and the Spirit of the Lord led him through the wilderness. (laughs) Not just for a day and a half. For 40 days, he was led by the Spirit of God. He was led through the wilderness. He didn't camp out in wilderness situations. He was in the wilderness for 40 days, tempted by the devil. The Bible says he didn't eat. It doesn't necessarily say that he was fasting, but he didn't eat for 40 days. Now, maybe he was fasting. You know, it doesn't tell us that Jesus was fasting, but he didn't eat for 40 days. Led by the Spirit into some difficult situations, and the temptations that came against him from the enemy were almost like overwhelming. But what he dealt with the enemy with was not what he saw, how he felt, what he heard. He dealt with the enemy with the voice of the Spirit. And he overcame every temptation and every trial. And then we see and hear of stories in the Bible, like with the Apostle Paul, and then you can go and read it, but it's in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, and somewhere from verse 10 on, he talks about many of the persecutions that came against us in Iconium and Lystra and all those different places. But he said, out of them all, out of them all, the Lord delivered us. Out of them all, the Lord delivered us. Out of them all. The Holy Spirit led Jesus through the wilderness, but he led him through everything, and he overcame every obstacle and everything with what? With what the Father said through the person of the Holy Spirit which is what? Which is the living word in the moment. That's how he overcame. That's how the Apostle Paul overcomes. That's how you and I overcome. But we have to know who we are, and we have to know that what God did for Paul, for Peter, what he did for any of of the disciples, what he's done for anybody else on planet Earth since Jesus came, He'll do for you. 2018 is your best year yet. Listen to me. And I'm adding this to it. If you are developing an understanding of who you are in Him, it's your best year yet. 
I, I, I can promise you, if you're not just sitting on your hands, waiting for something to happen, but you're spending quality time knowing who you are in Him, and that means knowing who you are spiritually, in your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, and in your physical body. Knowing who you are in Him. God wants you and I well in every way. He wants us well in every way. And it takes us knowing who we are to be able to hear Him to know how we're to handle areas of our lives. We probably live in the, I guess for the lack of a better word, the sickest nation in the world. More sickness, more disease, more issues, more stuff. And people are spending more and more money than ever before learning how to be well. And there's more sickness and there's more disease. So if a person in the natural, let's say a nutritionist, understands how to help you become well in your life, how much more is God himself, the author and, and, and the one who has the blueprint of your life and my life and just life in general, how much more and how much better of a nutritionist, let's just say, I'm just using that as w- w- one example, how much more and how much better is he than anyone else? Now, I didn't say don't get information from people. I love information. I want information from everybody. But at the end of the day, only he knows what's best for you. You can do all kinds of things and get discouraged because you don't think things are working or things are happening quick enough in something that's going on in you, within you. But I promise you, when you stay connected to him, and you glean and you gain information, but you be, you're able to process that. You're able to take it to him. God, do you really want me doing this? Can you ask God that question? Can you ask God that question? Can you ask God the question, God, do you really want me putting this in my body and doing this to my body? Do you really want me to do it? Well, all the experts tell me to do it, but do you want me to do it? Can you ask God, God, that question? He says we can He said, you have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not. This is a passage of scripture in James chapter 4. You have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss. You're asking incorrectly. Is it incorrect to ask God to be well? No. We got it all through here that he died for us to be well. So I can ask him. You have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. And you don't need to go into the next part of that verse if you know what His will is. So if you know what His will is and you're not asking, then you won't have it. And I'm telling you today, in today and then in the in the next few weeks, we're going to talk about you being in a position and alignment 
to be able to know that you have a right to ask God and receive from God any and everything you need. That's good news. Can you say amen? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Just look at a few verses of Scripture. First Thessalonians 5 and verse 23. <clears throat> now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May the God of peace himself sanctify. What does the word sanctify mean? It means to set apart. God wants to take you individually and set you apart to himself. May, may, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, your whole soul, and your whole body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can that happen where your whole spirit, soul, and body be found blameless? Absolutely. You say, well, my gosh, that's a lot of work. No, it isn't. It's not a lot of work. No, it, it's a lot of dedication, but it's not a lot of work. I'm going to say it again. It's a lot of dedication doing the same thing every day, being the same person every day, and making whatever change he wants you to make on a day-to-day -day basis. That's, I mean, you know, that's not too difficult. But it takes determination and dedication and knowing who you are and knowing what you're listening to and not letting the thoughts of the enemy distract you and pull you away and cause his distractions to override what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you daily. Say this after me. I can hear the voice of the Spirit of God. God wants you to believe that. I'm telling you, He wants you to believe that every day. It's not that difficult. I'm going to say it again. It's not that difficult. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 1, we're going to talk about, just look at a couple of verses of Scripture that talk about that who we are spiritually. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let us make man in our image according to... Our likeness. In other words, you look like God. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Like one guy said, God gave you dominion over creeps. Shout amen. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. You and I look like God, and we're part of who He is. We're part of the God class. People say, well, I'm just a human. No, you're not. No, you're created in the image of God. You are a spirit first and foremost. We want the God of peace to set us apart spiritually, 
to know him, to understand him, to be able to hear him so we can do what he says. On planet earth, we were not created to live in bondage, live less, live sick, live you know, under torment, lack of peace, not be able to sleep at night, all those different, we weren't created that way. To be able to live free from those things, unhindered, as we're talking about, to live a life unhindered from the attacks of life, of this world, we have to know who we are, and that takes Him completely setting us apart spiritually so we can know who we are in Him. You know, it looks like in the world that people are kind of stumbling around not knowing about four or five different things. Why am I here? Why did I come here? Uh, Where am I going? Um, what's after this life? I mean, people that are like young people talk about life after this life. Why would you care about after this life? Let's live a full life, right? But people are so, things just don't make sense in the world. Things just, they don't make sense. You, you, hear, you hear this one group of people, and boy, you know, they sound really convincing. And then you hear another group of people, and boy, they really sound convincing. And then you hear another group of people, and boy, they really sound convincing. Who are you going to believe? Well, I mean, what those people believe over here, it's got to be so, because, you know, man, I mean, there's at least 10,000 people that follow that thought. Well, surely that's got to be true. Well, this group of people here, I mean, you know, they're so adamant, and people do rallies, and they, they, they have this stance, and they believe these things. Yeah, but then there's this group of people. And you know, if you just sit with your head and you think about it, you ever, you ever like, uh, somebody come to you that supposedly you kind of think like they think, you know, or whatever, and they start telling you about somebody, or you hear somebody talking that believes opposite of them, and you're listening to that person, and you're thinking, well, that didn't sound too bad. You see, because up here leads us astray. Up here will not produce the connection with God that we're looking for. All humanity is looking for God. You are and everybody else is. They, whether they know it or not, they're looking for God because the answers they're looking for they won't find anywhere else. The answer to where did I come from? Why am I here? Where am I going? What's going to happen after this life? What about this? What was I created for? What, what am I on the planet even for? What am I supposed to do here? All those things are in him, so everybody's looking for him whether they know it or not. Because <clears throat> if I passed out cards today and I said, okay, ask, ask a question on that card that you're confused about, okay? I, I can promise you this if, if we do that. Maybe, maybe at the end of the month we'll do that. If everybody filled out a card and said something that they're confused about, I mean, you genuinely, you're confused about a specific thing. If we just dedicated, I mean, we'd have to dedicate, you know, about two days. We'd have to come and have breakfast served, lunch served, 
dinner served, stay all day, stay into the next day. And we would go over those cards. I promise you that every question would be answered from the Word. Now, that may not be what you want to hear, right? That may not be what you want to hear, but I promise you every question is answered in the Word. The Word answers everything, but it takes the Word and the Spirit to bring the revelation that you need to answer it correctly. Yeah, but you know, I mean, then there's people in the church and this guy believes this thing and this guy believes this thing and this lady believes this and this person preached that and you know, it goes contrary to this person and all that kind of stuff. But the answer for everything is in Jesus. He is the answer for everything. And the answers in life will come to you if you learn who you are. Then you can glean from this person and glean from that one and glean from this and glean from that. And you know what? Thank God that we all have the opportunity to choose what we want to believe about specific things. But at the end of the day, what I want is what produces. Can you say amen? That's all I want is what produces. It is, you know, there's some people that think, well, you know, that, that's, you, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to be like, one of those TV preachers laying hands on people. I mean, if you don't know anything about laying hands. I gave you scripture for why I did what I did. I told you I heard from God. Okay? I've been teaching on Wednesday nights about how to hear from God and the different gifts of the Spirit and how to operate in those gifts. I operated in the gift of the word of knowledge. It wasn't healing. It wasn't the, the wor- working of miracles. It wasn't the gifts of healing in operation. It was a word of knowledge I got from God. I want you to touch every person in Jesus' name. And before we sang the last song, which is, what's the emphasis of the last song we sang? The name of Jesus. Before we sang the last song or even started the last song, God had spoken that to my spirit because I leaned over to my wife and I told her what I was going to do. And when I did that, okay, that's producing something because the Word says it will. The Word said it's part of the great commission that He commanded us to go and do, to lay hands on sick people under His direction, and they will recover. I expect everybody that I touch to recover. That's what I expect, okay? You've got to know who you are to be able to receive that and then praise God for it because the Bible says we're not moved by what we see, only what we know. And when something happens, what it takes is our praise and thanksgiving that it is so even if we don't feel it or see it in the moment. And see, the world thinks that's nuts. I mean, worldly way of thinking, I mean, thinks that's nuts. But God says that's the way it is. And you have to know spiritually that that's how God works and operates or you're looking for my touch to be the end all for you. It won't. Because see, then I've got to follow you around to your house and touch you every minute you have a pain. And it won't work. See, because the only way, that, only way something like this will work is if I heard from God and did it. See, if I just go try to do it, it won't work. You have to hear from God. So is it vital in the days we live, if we're going to walk in this thing with God, that we know how to hear Him? We have to. Can you say amen? 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16. 
Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing here, yet our inward man, our spirit man, is being renewed day by day by day. How is your spirit man renewed day by day by day? Think about it for a moment. Just, just think about it. The, the, uh, most of you in here could probably answer that, okay? But I want you to think about this for a moment, how vitally important it is for your spirit to be renewed day by day. He said the inward man, okay? Now, we're going to show the separation between the soul and the spirit and how it's important that you understand that. And, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm, when I'm talking to you today, I'm not talking down to you, I'm talking to you. Because it's important that I get this out clear and it's important that you receive what I'm saying so you're not confused when you leave here. Amen? So, he said right here, our outward man is perishing. Okay? But yet our inward man, the spiritual part of us, is being renewed day by day. Okay? And how is he being renewed? Verse 17 tells us. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us far more exceeding eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things that are seen, but we look at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The Bible says the sower first sows the word. The way you sow the word is you come and hear the word, you take the word, and you do something with the word. The only way you can sow the word is to speak the word. When you declare what the word of God says, it renews the mind of your spirit. Your spirit has a mind, a way of thinking, that is one with the Holy Spirit. And what the Holy Spirit does is he gives your spirit information to convey that information from God about anything and everything, if we learn to listen to him. That information from God is given to our human spirit to relay that to our soul to help renew that mind. That's another renewal that we'll look at here in a a second. They kind of go together, but actually they're separate. The way that your inward man is renewed is through the confession, the declaration of you speaking the word over yourself. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If God is for me, nobody can be against me. Angels of God encamp around about me and protect me in all of my ways. They bear me up in their hands lest anything come against me. I have the shield of faith. I'm the head and I'm not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm blessed coming in and going out. Everything I set my hand to is prospering. My God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. What I'm doing is I'm sowing the word. The way my spirit man is renewed, or actually almost even a better way to say it, the way that my spirit man is educated is only by the word. Your spirit will not your spirit will not be educated and grow by information from the world. Only the information of the word. 
And it's a, it, I mean, it's an open book test. It's a, it, it's a win-win for us. We're, the, the, the moment you said, Jesus, come and live in my heart, your human spirit and the Holy Spirit became one. Now that voice, which we talked about all last month, which is your conscience, is relaying information to your soul about what's right. Now, hold on to that and let's look at the next little piece regarding your soul. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. Hebrews 4 and 12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division or the separating of the soul and the spirit of the joints and marrow and is a discerner, the word of God is, of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So, something that we have to understand is, is that when the word of God comes, it begins to separate your soul and spirit because until you hear the word and you become a doer of the word, even if you're born again, your spirit man kind of is just in an infant state. It's just like a little baby. You know, there's babies in the house here, and the, like a little baby versus somebody that's grown up. And if there's no word coming in and there's no word coming out of your mouth to where you can hear it, that spirit man can't grow. But when you start speaking the word, it begins to separate your spirit and your soul. Now, what we're looking at and we're going to look at in detail over the next few weeks is how the soul operates versus how the spirit operates. The Bible's very clear, and we'll read verses of Scripture through the next few weeks, that your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions, your intellect. Your mind also has to do with reasoning. So, anybody ever heard the story of the... Um, the story of the, and I've heard it for years, and I've heard it, I think people hear it, and then they make their own versions, so there's like 10 versions of this story, but this is my best version. Anybody ever heard the story of the, of the lady in this day and time that some people went to her house for Thanksgiving, and she cooked a ham, and she had a big bone-in ham, and she cut the end of the ham off, and the people were looking at it that came to dinner with them and, and saw it cook like that and saw that big old bone sitting on the side of the sink. And this person asked, well, why, why, did you, why did you cut the bone off of that ham like that? And the lady said, well, it's funny nobody's ever asked me that. Well, that's what my mom always did. And so the mom was there and they said, uh, the person asked, well, why, why did why your daughter cut, we noticed that your daughter cut the, the, the bone off the end of the ham, and uh, she said, it's because you did. She said, why did you do it? She goes, uh, well, nobody ever asked me that. I, I, I guess because my mom did it. And her mom was there, older in age, in her 90s, and they came and asked her, said, uh, your daughter and your granddaughter both said that they cut when they cooked hams at Thanksgiving, they cut the bone off the end of the ham. Why is that? 
They said, they did it because you did it. She said, well, I did it because when I cooked a ham like that, I had a really small oven and it wouldn't fit. And so that's why I cut the bone off to fit in my oven. And so the daughter and the granddaughter did the same thing the grandma did because why? They were trained that way. Never taught why, but they were trained that way. The soul, the mind, will, and emotions, the reasoning mind will lead you astray. Anybody ever cooked a whole bone-in ham? I have. I've cooked many of them. Um, And there's nothing like them. And the bone being connected to the ham has all the good juices to it. Hmm? So you're not getting the full effect of that ham when you cut that bone off of it. And so here's two people that for all those years, grandma had to, she had to cut the bone off, right? She had to cut it off to get it in the oven. But here's two people living all their life and not knowing why they did that, but they did it, and they, they've never experienced the full effect of a ham because of tradition. And the Bible says, and we'll look at this verse more in detail in the next couple of weeks, the Bible says the traditions of men make the Word of God of no effect. And what the Word of God does, when I begin to put the Word to work on my behalf, it begins to separate my spirit And it builds my spirit, it renews my spirit, it separates my soul, and that word that is building my spirit is renewing my mind. Watch this, Romans 12 and verse 1. Romans 12 and verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to the way you cook a ham, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you can experience all the real juices. That's what he's saying with my example, right? That you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God when it comes to eating a ham. I'll forget that. I'll get over that. So, yeah, now, now Sarah's hungry over here. Um, so, so now, see, what will happen is, if your soul and spirit stay the same, if you're, if you're, if you're not a doer of the Word, then your spirit man's going to stay in an infant state. Born again. You know who God is. You know God loves you. But you're not sure what else God will do for you. I know He loves me, but... But will he really do that? I know he'll do it for that person, but that person's really good. You don't know nothing about that person. Huh? They may appear to be good, but they may be a devil behind closed doors. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, he may do that for them, but, you know, no, everybody's working through something in their life. I don't care who you are. But if you become a doer of the word, and the word separates your soul and your spirit so that your spirit man is being renewed and strengthened and developed and matured in the Word of God, then the Word is renewing your mind. He said, he said, don't be conformed to the world, 
but transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and what is the perfect will of God for your life. That's an ongoing thing that will last for the rest of your life. You'll never come to a place where you've had enough renewing. Actually, your renewing better get increased with what you, what you and I are faced with in the world. There's all kinds of things in the world that we're faced with. We need to believe in the renewing process so that we're not renewing our minds because we have to. We're doing it because we know it's right and because of what it produces. God's not, God's not uh, concerned if you're in for the reward. When David went up against Goliath, was, was this his statement? I, I don't care about any of the rewards. I just want to beat the giant. No, he asked about it. He said, so I get the king's daughter? Whoa. And uh, all these riches? Whoa. And all this stuff? Wow. Ooh. I mean, three times David made mention of the reward. God's not concerned about you being about the reward. That just can't be your motive. But man, I mean, he wants you to be expecting to receive. But you and I cannot receive if our spirit and our soul are together. Because God will not share anything with the world. You have to bring the word to separate your soul and spirit so your spirit man can grow up with that understanding. You say, yeah, but you know, why do you have to do that? God already knows all that. It's not about God. It's about you. See, what we're talking about here is not about God. Yeah, God can do anything God wants to do, but God's, am I reading to you uh, first Bert? This isn't my way. I'm telling you what's his way. And this is the only way it works. The only way it works. Now, I know I'm I'm pressing time, but we're going to come back and look at that again. There's there's a couple other verses. You can even write these down. Go look at James 1.21 about the saving of your soul. And 3 John 2, the little John's in the back. 3 John 2, if you're taking notes, go look at that. He said, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers, as your mind is renewed and all that. But in Romans 8, and I'm going to end with this because we're pressed for time right now. And I want to end right now because we're going to jump right back into this right here next week. Okay, And this is, this is a piece that we're going to look at regarding the body. And this is something else that's really important that I, as, as I've been studying this and breaking these words down that have to do with the body, I want, I want you to hear what I have to say and then I'll end with this. Verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. That word flesh there in the Greek, that word flesh there means body but it also means thinking and as you look at there's four words that 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 word comes from and what I'm going to get into next week concerning the body is is this the flesh is the body but the flesh is the body controlled by carnal thinking 
when you and I when you and I begin to be doers of the word and our soul and our spirit separate and our spirit man begins to elevate what happens is our soul begins to decrease up until that time your flesh is ruled by your reasoning mind you can talk your way out of that you can talk your reasoning mind out of that and say it's not true but i promise you it's true until you get the entrance of the Word of God. That's why we have to become doers of the Word. Until that happens in our life, you're making decisions in your life from a reasoning mind, and the Bible calls that flesh, carnal. Five physical sense realm that's controlling you. But the good thing is this, and we'll, like I said, we'll just jump right back into that. The good thing is this. The soul is a key part of our life. And my soul needs to be renewed and retrained, not after the, the conforming of the world like it had been until I came to the place of salvation and then till I came to the place of the entrance of His Word into my life, okay? That, that, that soul that is telling your body to do all these crazy things, that soul, as it's renewed, will play a key part because then the soul and the spirit will be in agreement together. And when you got that, you got a flesh that's doing only what God wants. We're going to, probably about three weeks in, we're going to read out of um, Romans chapter 7 where Paul made this statement because he was talking about the battle and the conflict between soul and spirit. And he said, I'm this, I, I, I've been this guy or, you know, whether it's an example of, of himself or just talking about someone else, he said, I I'm this person that I don't want to do these things, and yet I find myself doing them. And the things that I do want to do, I don't do. And, and, and I do, I find myself doing what I shouldn't do, and yet on the inside of me, I don't want to do that. And you know what? That's every single one of us, me included, in this place. We've all done it. You, you might be in the midst of that. There may be a day in the future when you're challenged to do that and, and do something that you know on the inside of you is not right. Just stay with the Word. Stay a doer of the Word. Stay allowing the Word to come out of your mouth and declare specific things. I'm going to give you... I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to type up some things that I've done over myself for years and years, and I'm going to give you copies of pieces of these things to help you to build your own. You don't, you, just copying what I say won't work for you, but you've got to make the Scriptures your own so that what you say separates your soul and your spirit, and your spirit man begins to be stronger than your soul. Your soul begins to decrease in its control over your body and your flesh so that the decisions that you make through your soul are what God wants. And you know what? It's not as difficult as it sounds. But what I just gave you was Christianity 101 from the standpoint of being unhindered. God created you and I to be unhindered, not hindered by any fleshly thing. Sin, which the sin we're talking about in the New Testament is disobeying the voice of God. Sin shall not have dominion over me. I don't care what it looks like today. When you start saying that, 
your spirit man begins to mature. It begins to elevate. It begins to begin to believe it, but you can't do it for two weeks and quit. It has to become a part of your life. Can you say amen? This is you're in my best year yet. And never before in the 29 years of pastoring this church, July will be 29 years that we've pastored this church, never before have I been so assured of the great things that are before our lives. If we know who we are and we're doing something with what God has given us, just one step, one foot in front of the other, move forward, move forward. Can you say amen?